Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan with Great Ministries. We want to welcome you to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this week's podcast. We pray for those who have tuned in. We pray for those who will share this word with their friends, their family, their loved ones, and especially the unsaved. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In Jesus' name, amen. This week's podcast is a continuation on love. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, and the amount of money that is spent on this one day is mind-boggling. Americans spend $4.3 billion on jewelry for Valentine's Day. That's billion with a B. Loved ones will spend $2 billion on flowers and $1.7 billion on candy. Cards exchanged during Valentine's Day will top $1 billion. Today, my podcast will be about love stories in the Bible and what it costs them to love. Adam and Eve is the original love story. Starting in Genesis, the second chapter, verse 21, through Genesis, the third chapter, verse 21. When God made Eve from Adam, God established structure that includes, number one, a woman is God's gift to man. Number two, a woman is a helpmate. Number three, a woman came from Adam's side and should be at his side, not his front or his back or over him. Number four, Adam was first. Eve was brought to Adam, which established the relationship of wives to husbands. Note that this was established before the curse. Number five, Adam realized Eve was a part of himself, and so they are one. Ephesians 5, 28 and 29 reminds us, So ought men love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Number six, with the establishment of one flesh, when a man and a woman are joined together, God established marriage in Genesis 2 and 24. Note that in Genesis 2 and 25, Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. They had no sin, therefore nothing to hide or be ashamed. Adam and Eve were caretakers of the Garden of Eden. Can't you imagine Adam taking care of Eve and Eve taking care of Adam as they lived in paradise? Sin cost them earthly bliss. The next couple is Abram and Sarai, found in Genesis chapter 16 and 17. Sarai had not given Adam any children. His name meant father of many. So she took it upon herself to help God out. God had promised Abram that he would become a great nation ten years earlier. So far, they were a nation of two. But Sarai had a plan. She would give Abram her maid to be his wife, a surrogate arrangement. Let me pause here. I don't know of any woman who would allow her husband to impregnate another woman with her blessing. Now men, I know you'd be hesitant to accept the gift from your wife. After all, it was her idea. God doesn't need our help to fulfill his promises. But this showed how much Sarai loved Abram, enough to give another woman to him. Sarai's maid was named Hagar, and when she became pregnant, she despised Sarai. 
Now, Abram was caught in the middle of Hagar's arrogant behavior and Sarai's jealousy. The Bible says in Genesis 16, verse 6b, that Sarai dealt harshly with her. Can you imagine Hagar going from maidservant to surrogate to her master to being mistreated, and she didn't ask for any of it? Hagar couldn't take it any longer, so she ran away. But the angel of the Lord intervenes and instructs Hagar to return to Sarai to submit herself to her. He also promised to multiply Hagar's descendants. He told Hagar to name her son Ishmael. Today, Ishmael's offspring were all of the Arabic people. Fast forward 13 years after Abram's initial encounter with God, and now Abram is 99 years old. God changes Abram's name from Abram, father of many, to Abraham, father of many nations. Now keep in mind, Abraham had only one son, and he's 99 years old. God would also change Sarai's name, which meant princess, to Sarah, which means noblewoman, and she gave birth to Isaac at 90 years old. His offspring, the Jews, continued to battle the Arabs, all because of the love of a woman who wanted to give her husband an heir, in her own time, instead of in God's time. Our next couple is actually a love triangle between Jacob, the grandson of Abraham and the son of Isaac, Rachel, his cousin, and Leah, her sister. Now this one's complicated. In Genesis 28, verses 1 and 2, Jacob is sent to his uncle's house, Laban, his mother's brother, to find a wife. In chapter 29 of Genesis, we read where Jacob meets Rachel at the well where she was watering her father's sheep. Jacob immediately fell in love with Rachel and agreed to work for Laban seven years for the right to marry Rachel. Genesis 29 and 20 says, So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. What a magnificent principle that true love will wait. Fast forward seven years, and Jacob is ready to claim his bride. Ah, but Laban had a trick up his sleeve. Under the cover of a veil, Laban switched the older sister Leah for Rachel on the wedding night. Now the Bible says that Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. My translation of this verse was that Leah was the ugly sister and Rachel was the fine sister. And Jacob wanted the fine sister. The morning after the wedding night was a disaster. Jacob discovers that he had slept with Leah, not Rachel. Can you imagine Jacob's surprise when he rolled over to say good morning and Leah was staring back at him with those eyes? Did I mention that she was the ugly sister? After the fraud was uncovered, Jacob protested to his uncle, who gave Jacob an excuse that it is their custom that the oldest daughter marries first. Jacob agrees to work another seven years for Rachel. Now that's love. Our next couple, David and Bathsheba, was trouble from the start. Their story is found in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. David was supposed to be on the battlefield with his men, but he chose to stay at home in Jerusalem. That was mistake number one. He spots a beautiful woman bathing, and he must have her. Mistake number two. David discovers that she's married. Mistake number three. Oh, it gets worse. She's married to one of his mighty men, Uriah 
a group of warriors who were closest to David. Mistake number four. David sends for Bathsheba, and she responds to his invitation. That's mistake number five. They sleep together. Mistake number six. Later, Bathsheba tells David that she is pregnant. Mistake number seven. David sends for Uriah from the battle so that Uriah can come home, sleep with Bathsheba, and cover up his sin. Uriah refuses to go to his house, so David sends Uriah back to the battle with a letter. The letter was to Joab, David's commander of his army. The letter instructed Joab to send Uriah into the hottest battle, then retreat so that Uriah would be killed. That's mistake number eight. After a period of mourning, David marries Bathsheba. Here are the consequences of their lust union, the punishment from God. Their love child dies. David's son would later rape his half-sister. Another of David's sons would murder his half-brother in revenge. A son would cause David to flee his own palace in civil war. A son would have sex with David's concubines on the rooftop for all to see. This is the story of lust and not love, along with the consequences of such an action and its cost. The last couple is Samson and Delilah, found in Judges 16. Samson possessed tremendous God-given strength. He lived during the time that the Philistines ruled over the Israelites. The Philistines and Samson had an ongoing revenge war. Samson had burned the Philistines' crops, and the Philistines killed Samson's wife and father by burning them. Samson then kills 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. The Philistines constantly wanted to kill Samson and plotted ways to capture him. Enter Delilah. Samson fell head over heels in love with Delilah, but Delilah loved money more than Samson. The Philistine lords offered Delilah 1,100 pieces of silver, or $140,000 in today's currency, and each one of them offered Delilah this amount. They wanted her to find Samson's source of strength. Samson lied to Delilah three times as to that source of strength. After much pestering from Delilah, Samson finally tells her his secret. Samson was a Nazarite, a man specially devoted to God, leaving their hair uncut, drinking no wine, eating no grape products, and avoiding any contact with the dead. Samson tells Delilah that if his hair is cut, his strength would leave him. Sure enough, Delilah puts Samson to sleep, has his hair cut, and Samson loses his strength and his freedom as he is captured, tortured, mocked, and made into a slave. My friends, Samson lost more than his hair. He lost his anointing from God. His sins cost him everything, including his life. But there is one who loved us so much that he gave his life Jesus Christ on the cross. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you guard our hearts so that we love you first and follow your path for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining this week's podcast. We pray that you will find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for great ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and especially the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to www.greatministries.org 
and click on the donate button. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lubern, Georgia 30048 or call us at 678-693-2204. Be blessed and have a great week.